Hey everybody, welcome to Contra Talk. My name is Richard Henry and my guest today is Tim Frisch. A uh, great testimony and a bunch of other wonderful things we're going to be talking today. Welcome to the show, Tim. How are you doing, man? Doing very well. Great to be with you on your channel. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks for coming on. No, I appreciate it. Um, I know we've talked a few other times, both on my channel and your channel. Um, why don't you just tell uh, the audience a little bit about yourself? I know probably many people listening or watching uh, do know about you, but you know, why did you? Um, wh why do you do what you do? do you have, you have you have you're married. You have children. Um, yes. You uh, came to Christ a number of years ago. Can you just tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. Well, my dad is a church planter. Uh, he planted a church in Hamilton, New Jersey, back in 1975, and I was born in 1979 in Trenton, New Jersey. Okay. And so I grew up in a ministry setting, uh, just grew up, you know, hearing the gospel from the time I was a child. And so I put my faith in Christ. My parents led me to the Lord when I was six years old, and then I got baptized when I was eight years old. And... I kind of, you know, like a lot of kids who grew up in church, um, I didn't do anything crazy, really. I didn't, I don't have any kind of like a, a conversion experience that is, you know, some sort of, um, you know, testimony of having lived <laughs> some sort of crazy uh, life of sin or anything in terms of outward sin. But obviously we're all sinners. So it's a miracle that God has worked in my life and I, um, yeah, I got, I got into ministry, uh, really as a teenager, I felt called to go in that direction. And so I went to a Bible college, Boston Baptist college in Boston, Massachusetts. And that's where I met my wife, Julie. And, uh, so then we, uh, got to know each other. The Lord led us to each other. We got married in 2000 in the year 2000. And then we graduated in 2001 from college and uh, moved up to her home area in New Hampshire. Okay. And ever since then, we've lived up here in New Hampshire. Wow. And uh, and now we're six kids later. Uh, as you said, I have a lot of kids. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I've been involved in ministry really this whole time that I've been since since Bible college. I, uh, I've been on staff at a church for a long time. I'm not presently on staff, but for 18 years, I did youth pastor and then associate pastor work. I've also been involved a lot with music uh, in church. And now I, God has really led me more to, um, to outreach type ministry. I do YouTube videos. And uh, that's, that's part of the outreach that I do is, is having a YouTube channel. And then also I work with different churches. I try to be an encouragement to different church ministries in New England because New England is, you know, a little different probably than where you are uh, in terms of the amount of churches and just how isolated pastors can be. So a yeah. big part of my, my ministry is really trying to build up uh, others in the, in the body of Christ, uh, people who are ministering in these different smaller areas of new england i'm not i'm not you know in a metropolitan area it's it's yeah. it's rural new hampshire uh technically i live in a city called claremont 
it's a it's an old New England city, but it's very small. It's thirteen thousand people, and the surrounding towns are less people. Yeah. You know, so and then Vermont is even less pop populated, and that's right across the river from where I am. So that's kind of the the big picture of uh, you know where I come from and where I'm at right now. That's great, but bro. Uh, yeah, yeah. New England's always intrigued me. Uh, I mean, originally from California, but you kind of see probably how people this way, although I'm in Kentucky now, but kind of view the West Coast in California, probably Californians and people on the West Coast view the East and New England, where there's just kind of there's either, oh, it's all terrible. It's all the worst. Or like most people say, California is there's celebrities everywhere. It's beaches. And, and there is that. But, you know, I saw, you know, only a handful. Well, it's probably several dozen celebrities, but like not you don't see them all the time. You know, so same thing. You kind of see the New England thing. You think, oh, it's so much like a Hallmark movie all the time. It's always fall. You know, it's just wonderful and brick and columns and just, you know, the good old days of history of yore, uh, which is probably that, too, but not all the time. Um, I mean, I guess you can correct me. You're like, no, it's always like that. It always looks like a Hallmark movie, right? <laughs> yeah, it actually does. Yeah. <laughs> I know the fall um, well, is amazing. Right now, it's uh, it's. It's trying to be spring. That's the way I would put it. You know, you go outside and there, there are finally, I think, you know, maybe some trees that are, that are starting to look like they're budding a little bit, nice. but yeah, I mean, it depends on the time of year. Yeah. Uh, certainly the summers I really like actually, because they're pretty mild. Yeah. They're they're They don't get super hot. Um, maybe a, maybe a couple weeks where it gets pretty hot, but still not like other places. And then the falls are gorgeous, uh, especially, you know, during the, the earlier fall. Yeah. And then the winters, at least, I, I like that the fact that the winters are just cold and they're not necessarily like that wet cold that maybe you probably would get more. It's it's a, probably a drier kind of a cold, which I prefer. I'd rather just get really cold and not be like that in between 40 something degrees cold. I hate that. So. Yeah, I've always noticed like when you have four kids, because we have four people with like one or two, they're like, yeah, you have so many kids. And then like you have six, and it's like four, nothing. Like, yeah. Actually, you know, no, four, four has, is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, like, it depends how old they are, too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but it's funny, like it doesn't, it usually doesn't work both ways, where, or it's like a two way street yeah. where it's, if you have more, anything less is like, that's a piece of cake. Whereas if you if the person who has less looks at the other people with more like you have six kids, are you insane? But yeah, I know. Yeah. The Lord is Lord is good. Lord is good. Uh, he mm -hmm. does provide. Um, what's the best month to visit New Hampshire? Uh depends on what your like what for I guess your for preferences fall. are. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, I think that the leaves uh, a lot of times are peaking around early October. Okay. Um, but you know, you really have to look year by year, even how brilliant the, the, the leaf, uh, changes are going to be because it just really depends on the weather mm -hmm. and even, even what the summer was like can, can impact how the trees change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, somewhere around early fall, like Columbus day weekend, I think is kind of one of the times where people will visit leaf peepers. Yeah. Nice. No, that sounds good. We've never, I've been up through New England. It's been a while over the, we did a couple like road trips, like big time road trips in the summer, but not, never in the fall. Um, no, that's good. 
you mentioned, so you obviously you're on YouTube. What was, what, like, why did you start uh, doing YouTube? We all have kind of different reasons, especially those of us who are trying to be effective at YouTube and trying to be professional and trying to, you know, talk about certain topics. Why did you start the channel? And I guess, when did you start the channel? Well, I probably am like a lot of other people, you know, I, I watch YouTube videos and uh, started to think about, oh, maybe, maybe I could start a channel, you know, and uh, I was watching uh, like Think Media, a lot of, a lot of people have watched their videos that talk about starting a channel and they, mm -hmm. they tend to really try to motivate people to start a channel. So I think I, I got motivated and, and the thought came to me as I was watching videos like that and watching content that I enjoyed. And then, uh, yeah, I, in August of 2018, okay. I officially started. And my first videos were basically kind of an overview of John Stott's basic Christianity. Oh, okay. So you can actually still go back and watch my first videos from August 2018. And uh, it took me so long to get any kind of an audience on YouTube. Um, I think it was... I think it was actually August, uh, excuse me, I think it was um, May of 2020 when I when I hit a thousand subscribers. Okay. Um, wow. So it took, you know, well over a year to, to get to a thousand subscribers. Yeah. And I actually think even like the first six to eight months, it took me to get to like a hundred subscribers. So yeah. nobody really wanted to watch my, uh, my videos at first. Yeah. And, uh, uh yeah, it's it's tricky, and I, I know I've uh, I've I've got a separate chat that several of our YouTube channels, several YouTubers are in, and some are exploding. I know you know Jason uh, Jason Whitaker. He's been on your channel a lot. Mm. Uh, he's been on mine, and I've been on his as well. And, um, and dear Will Christian, I know many people know it. He's just exploded, and I love it. And it's so wonderful to see because not only his just his character shine through but he wants to always lift up christ and wants to hold the feet of whatever it is to the fire of the gospel um mm. he's such a humble guy so and, and it's just i'm so thankful that he's really really exploded as far as just kind of popularity goes and everything yeah. um and it, it is i mean it really just depends on a lot of factors i think i know some people oh it's the algorithm and somebody who might be watching this might have a youtube channel probably does or thinking about starting it you know, I would say, and you probably would say, just just do it and mm. see what happens. Try and get better, uh, get better equipment, but don't, you know, blow your budget and be more professional. Look, I, I've always had, even as a designer myself um, or doing graphic design, I guess, of seeing what you like. All right, I like this and more or less mm. copy it, right? There's nothing new under the sun. Obviously, you don't want to plagiarize, <laughs> but, you know, use the same kind of elements or the same colors or the same themes um to a degree and you know be inspired and and press on so that's good yeah. so you said it took over a year to get a thousand subscribers that's that's good so everybody can take heart in that if, it, if they feel like they're slogging through not making any progress on their channel it's that's good and you're at what like are you at like seventeen thousand now eighteen thousand now yeah i'm at seventeen thousand something and uh honestly yeah, yeah my my channel in recent months really hasn't been growing that much, you know, so I, I go through plenty of times where, you know, it, it just kind of plateaus. And I mean, I get, I, you know, have growth trickling in, but it's not like my channel's really exploded. Like you said, Jason at Dear Christian, 
his his channel seems to be really quickly growing and i i could see that continuing and he's yeah. doing a lot of things the i think in the right way i think he he's he just he kind of naturally had some things that he put in place mm -hmm. and ideas that he had that work really well on youtube yeah um but for for me we're all different you know our personalities are different i really just at this point in my life wanted to talk about different things and do the things that I'm genuinely interested in, which is a variety of things that yeah. doesn't always translate well into reaching a certain target audience, <laughs> but right. at least I'm, you know, I'm giving my, my fresh perspective on everything, you know? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So you do, uh, so John Stott, you started with, uh, I know you did a lot of coverage with MacArthur during, the Rona yeah. uh, lockdown and all that stuff and how, how yeah, and I just got uh, a crazy that was. I just got a book sent to me. Oh, uh, wonderful. Oh, for, that's James. For review. That's right. James, uh, James Coates here. Yeah. God versus government. And the forward is by John MacArthur. Yeah. And I'm going to be reviewing this book with Jason Whitaker. Oh, uh, wonderful. We're, nice. we're planning to do a video on it together. So that should be sometime in May. Didn't you, you also interviewed, was it Aaron as his wife, right? Jason? Uh, That's correct. James' wife, yeah. Yeah, uh, Aaron Coates. Yeah. And wasn't Jason also on that video? Yes, yes. Okay. Jason has done a lot of conversations with me. Yeah. There, cool. were, there was about a year there uh, where, where we talked, it seemed like almost weekly uh, on my channel. And, uh, you know, he's a great communicator. And uh, has a has a really interesting perspective, uh, yeah. partly, you know, just because of what he himself has experienced and in, in his background and coming to where he's at. He's now in a Presbyterian church, mm -hmm. but he wasn't always Presbyterian. Um, but he, you know, really loves loves the scripture, loves the Lord. And like you said, he's just got a great personality. <laughs> so I think yeah. people just really enjoy listening to him. Yeah, it's fun to talk to him. So yeah, yeah, we've we interviewed Aaron Coates, Pastor yeah. Coates' wife. That's how I actually, I believe that's how I saw or I guess found out about Jason, and then I'd reached out to him and talked to him and everything else. So it's good. I love how the Lord kind of works and moves certain things. It's wonderful. Um, so obviously interviews, just like what we're doing. Um, Bible reviews is your other main thing is that probably your staple kind of now you take a bible i know we were just talking off camera and i just got a new my little new esv for preaching it's a reference bible there's four million you know thin line large print reference study leather not leather this and that why don't you just kind of go a little bit with and just kind of unpack how you got into bible reviews i mean they send you i mean publishers send you free stuff which is kind of cool. <laughs> um, why don't you unpack that and just kind of tell your story? Uh, maybe maybe that's a, 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 a secret. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, you, no, it's no secret. Um, <laughs> if you have a certain amount of subscribers, I don't know what it is, to be honest. But I do remember, I'll tell this story. I contacted Crossway about re possibly reviewing Bibles. Mm -hmm. And I might have had 300 and something subscribers. Um, and they said they were not really interested at the time, but you know, yeah. you know, good, good job with your channel. Yeah. And uh, then like a year later, because of the John MacArthur thing, 
that got a lot of people watching my channel. A lot of people subscribed. So things actually grew a lot toward the end of 2020. And uh, I wrote back to Crossway, I think, uh, when I had, I think, around 10,000 subscribers, somewhere like that. And they were suddenly very interested in the review <laughs> <laughs> copies. So um, I don't think you need to have 10,000, but but apparently more than 300, at least for some publishers. It depends on the yeah. publisher. Sure. Uh, yeah, I will say this. I go through seasons. I wouldn't say my channel, that the staple is Bible reviews. Okay. Uh, I have had times where I've I've talked about Bible translation, did a series on Bible translations. So a lot of people have asked me questions about Bible translations and I get a lot of interaction about that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, physical Bibles is, is one of the things I do. I also talk about different articles and, you know, do cultural commentary to be honest though. I go through seasons because, you know, it depends on kind of what I'm personally going through, but also how helpful I think what I say is going to be. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff recently about John MacArthur uh, and some criticism from Julie Roy's, and I have talked about it a little bit, but um, but you know, I I I feel like sometimes controversy can just be tiring because yeah, is it really getting anywhere? Is it really yeah. helping anybody? So. And then also just the negativity of it, you know, that it can just be so negative and the comments get real negative. But, you know, so I don't I don't just cover controversial things. I don't think I could take it, yeah, <laughs> but seriously. sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. Um, and then I try, hopefully, with whatever I do to be helpful. So Bible reviews, I hope, are helpful because people a lot of times don't have a bookstore anymore mm -hmm. where they can look at Bibles. They really re rely on looking at online reviews because yeah. you don't have the amount of Christian bookstores available that used to be around. And, um, and, and so it's just a lot more convenient, easier for people if they want to know, okay, what is this Bible like? And is it worth getting? I'm able to give them a, a, a close look at it up close and personal look at that particular Bible and then talk about it a little bit so they can get a good feel for if it would be worth uh, them spending money on. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I actually will say that I think it was the beginning of 2019 when I did a, my first Bible review on a couple of Skylar Bibles, which okay. are very nice. Skylar and uh, that was one of the first videos people actually wanted to watch. So that's kind of how I got into it is, yeah. you know, and I, I've told you this, people are much more interested in what you're talking about. If you can find the right thing to talk about than they are yeah. in you, especially if they don't know you, right. <laughs> you know? So yeah, we're all, that, we're all charming and amazing and funny and witty and cool and amazing and awesome and amazing <laughs> or whatever. But are we, and really right. we might be, but, if somebody doesn't know who you are, yeah, um, that's right. I mean, yeah. they can get to know you. Have obviously, I'm sure you have supporters who just appreciate your wit yeah. and take on things. But that takes time. <laughs> it's not it just does. oh, Tim Fresh. That sounds great. Look at him, yeah. and you know, exactly. after one video, exactly. Um, so yes, no, and and they, and you you shouldn't. You know, we we can understand why people. I mean, it's not like every time you watch a new YouTube video, a new YouTuber, you're like. I've got to subscribe to that person. You right. know, it is a testing period. You need to yeah. kind of see is, do I like, do I really like what they're saying? Am I really getting something out of this? 
So the big thing is to provide something that's useful for people, right? That that's that's I think a, a major goal. Provide something that's actually useful. Yeah. No, that's really that's really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I said, I helped you helped me, um, and I I watched another channel as well to decide on what I was going to get. I ended up going to uh, the seminaries about an hour and a half uh, southern from from where I'm at now, where I where I went to school, and they've got a really really nice bookstore uh, in Louisville there. And I ended up just going there directly. Cause there's just, there's nothing like, you know, physically touching mm-hmm. something and yes. holding it and everything else. That's um, right. but I settled on, on an ESV reference Bible. That's a little smaller. Like, would you call it a personal size? I guess it is. Is that what it's called? I think that's what it was. Yeah. And yeah. it's a single column with references in the middle. Yeah. In the center uh, of the Bible. Yeah. I like the I like the references a lot because especially if you're studying or even just reading, <clears throat> I mean, I think people miss out if, you know, they're just doing their daily Bible reading. And they're like, hey, I haven't read Hebrews for a long time. Let me read Hebrews. And you go through it and you see in the column, oh, what's what's it talking about Deuteronomy or what does it mean? Exodus, Exodus 20 verse whatever. And then you flip over to Exodus and it's referencing that. Oh, it's the Ten Commandments. I see. And then you go and you're like, oh, that and you kind of do these rabbit trails. It's so edifying. So, I mean, I encourage people always, you know, when they can do that, sometimes you can get too rabbit trail and kind of lose track. But that I mean, that's why I like, especially for preaching and teaching myself um, as well. It's it's you can get cross references that flesh out um, scripture because so often, I mean, so much of the scripture, especially the New Testament, is, is effectively commentary on the Old Testament. And kind of this hidden meaning that's being more revealed and, and the shadows are being seen as their substance and so on. Um, so, no, that's it's, it's helpful. It's helpful for sure. Um, do you have anything planned as far as I know you said you're just doing that uh, review with uh, Jason on Coates book? Do you have anything else like big projects you're working on or any pie in the sky ideas you want to share with us? I wish I did. <laughs> uh, I will say, you know, just, just, uh, I do believe God is opening up some doors, uh, that I'm excited about, but they're not so much with my channel. Uh, okay. they're, they're just other things. So for example, I'm probably going to be teaching at Northeastern Baptist college oh, part time doing some music classes for them and, uh, kind of teaching worship leading type classes. Okay. And then uh, I'm also um, I'm involved with one of the local churches that's kind of kind of in a somewhat remote area of Vermont and uh, been helping out some with music there. But they have kind of a need that I'm it's it's just something God might open up for me to, to help them with, at least for for a time period. It's not going to be permanent, but just something yeah. that I could be a help and support to that church. Um, but, you know, I really do. I I'm you know, considering, I, I really do consider what I do missions outreach work. So, yeah. you know, whatever God opens up for me to do f- during each season. And uh, so this season, I've got some of these opportunities, but the channel is kind of something that allows me to, to interact with people all over the world and just put, you know, a little bit of who I am out there. I've been doing a lot more like scripture reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really started with Instagram. If you go on my Instagram, a fresh perspective, I do uh, those reels, and oh, I'm okay. amazed. Like thousands of people are watching a lot of these, where I'm just reading, and I I know that's 
that's a good thing for people to hear. Just, yeah, you know, if you're going to, you know, just let them hear the scripture. So, yeah. uh, but I've been putting it on YouTube shorts as well, just uh, right. for those who are uh, maybe watching my channel and would like to watch that they can, but mainly it's on Instagram that that's been really successful. Okay, cool. That's good. Well, yeah, check out Tim on Instagram if, if you're on there as well, the listener. Um, when, can you talk a little bit about just the climate of uh, New Hampshire churches, evangelicalism in general? Obviously, it's quite different than it is in Kentucky here or Texas or California. I mean, our, our, our country really is very diverse in a lot of respects and also very mm. similar in a lot of ways, too. Um, but I know you've been up there in, in, in the Northeast for all your life. Is that right? You said you're in New Jersey and then so, but you've obviously been around and been other places and talked to other people. Why don't you just kind of flesh out your, you know, professional opinion as it were of the climate and, um, uh, just gospel centered churches there in New Hampshire. Well, I, I'm, I'm curious, do you know what the, uh, the two least church states in the United States are? I knew one was Vermont. I guess the other one's New Hampshire. Yeah. And they <laughs> compete. They compete yeah. for the title. Wow. Uh, they, they sometimes go back and forth. So, yeah, I mean, that tells you something right there. Yeah, <laughs> the climate sure. um, yeah. and the fact that, I mean, whatever you, you can see in your area. Uh, uh, I actually talked to a guy who is in Oregon uh, pastoring. He did a church plant there. And uh, we, we met each other at the conference. Uh, he uh, has seen my channel and he uh, he said hi to me. Yeah. And uh, uh -huh. he was telling me about doing church planning in Oregon. And then I told him I was in New England and he said, wow, that's really tough up there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, wow. I, I think in reality, America is facing the same thing everywhere. And yeah. it's just New England might be a little bit more on the front end of it. Uh, but uh, it's not like the values that you hear in the culture aren't seeping into every single state mm -hmm. and uh, the people all over the place. So, and then there's also the positive. I think in new England, you, you do have less cultural Christianity. You have less percentage wise people who just go to church because that's what everybody else has done. Right. Uh, everybody in their family or everybody in their town or whatever uh, so people that go to church, they're choosing to do something that is a bit unusual. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, so that's a good side. And, and many churches, especially, you know, the ones that are biblical, uh, th there's a lot of strong churches. The other positive is I think there's probably less, less territorial, territorial mentality because mm -hmm. it's not like we're encroaching on each other's ministries as much up here. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's less competition, less feeling of being threatened by other ministries, mm -hmm. uh, more co-op. It's easier to, to cooperate. Now, there are still those issues. It's, it's not like everything is, is perfect up here mm -hmm. uh, in the church world. And so, you know, but I do think you, you for example, you don't have so many churches just in a small area that they're just you know, really fighting over who, who, who can grab people's attention and get people to come into their doors. It's not quite as much that way here. And I think there's just generally much more of a spirit of cooperation, partly because being a Christian, 
means you're gonna you're not gonna be the 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 normal you're not gonna be the norm up here. You are gonna stick out in many ways as a Christian. And so I think you feel a sense of camaraderie with other Christians, even if you are from maybe a different background. Yeah. Uh, wow. So we have a Christian school here and our church founded it, but it yeah. has uh, incorporated other church uh, uh, people on staff there. And yeah. even with the school board, there are representatives from different churches and they, they really do come from some, you know, pretty diverse backgrounds, but, but still evangelical. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, hold on real quick. My youngest, normally, normally I don't get interrupted too much with, that's the nice thing with having, um, not being live. I definitely would say that. I mean, I've not been in California for eight years now, almost nine, but that's very much the same way. I would say Oregon, Washington as well. Um, and, and to be honest, I, I almost want to say I prefer that personally, because being in Kentucky, we have a lot of just, well, that's how we've always done it. Or, well, I'm my, I'm member there. My name's in that role, this and that. And it's kind of like, yeah, but you don't come, you don't participate. You're not giving, you're not praying, you're not offering up your time. You're not suggesting, Hey, how can I serve? And you know, let's go proclaim Christ to this person or talking about evangelism or going on a mission trip. It's just, yep, yeah, I'm good with God, you know, because I, I got baptized or something. Mm -hmm. It's it is very frustrating, especially as my native Californian um, background is just like, yeah, if you're a Christian now, there is still cultural Christianity, I would say everywhere, but it's significantly less in certain places like New mm -hmm. Hampshire, or California or Vermont. Um what is, I'm curious, what is the biggest denomination up there? Or is it kind of more, I know like NETS, N-E-T-S, uh, is a, a New England, whatever, I forget it is, but it's like a church planting network that's been yeah. around, led by West Pastor. You've probably heard of it. And I think most yeah. of their churches are, you know, like Christ Fellowship Church of whatever, or, you know, Burlington Bible Church or something. They don't really adhere to a lot of, uh, they're not PCA or SBC or something. Is that kind of the case with all churches there or is there still like Baptist churches, Presbyterian, Methodist or, or what do you got? Sure. You have a lot. You have a lot of variety up here. Okay. Uh, it's hard to even determine. Um, I guess if I if I had to guess the largest denomination probably would would be Catholic just because mm -hmm. that would be the, the historically maybe one of the more consistent. It depends okay. what state you're talking about, because New England includes Massachusetts, Connecticut. Right. So there would be a lot of Catholic in those areas, I would think. Some up where I am now. Mm -hmm. um, congregational would be another one historically. There are there are uh, UCC churches as well as uh, the more conservative 4C churches. Okay. Uh, and so you have congregational. And um, Southern Baptists have had inroads up here too there there okay. is that and i i feel like i'm thinking if uh you're talking about new england theological society i i know i know of that group and yeah. uh I, I really appreciate what they're doing they're more reformed yeah. but i feel like they um they maybe even have some ties with southern baptists at least in terms of communication they come to they came to Southern several times. I went. Yes. I, had, I yeah. was part of a dinner, and they were doing a presentation when I was on. Yeah. When I was in uh, school, so 
yeah, they pull yeah. from there. And I think Southeastern somewhat and maybe Southwestern or Midwestern, mm-hmm. something like that too. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's Baptists, plenty of uh, Baptists up here and yes. as well as just those churches that, you know, maybe are, uh, maybe are Baptists, but don't have that on their their sign right. <laughs> baptistic covert baptist those are the covert best kind of baptist that's right. just, the so, non-denominational yeah. denomination but there but there's also united methodists that would be another mainline denomination some presbyterian i haven't yeah. seen quite as much of that some lutheran as well okay episcopal so yeah historic mainline denominations and uh you know you probably are aware that uh, those those tend to be liberal, and that is certainly the case in general up here with those mainline churches. They would be very, uh, you know, theologically uh, liberal. Yeah, for the most do part. Do they do they have? And you might not know because you obviously go to like a good church. Um, but they, I'm always curious because some of these denominations, I mean, have been ranked liberal for decades, right? It's not like it's new. Like the PCUSA has been, you know, off the rails for a good century and or, or almost a century. And yet they still have people. I'm always curious, like, who are the people going? I mean, are there would you say that it's it's it rivals as far as numbers? Now I'm talking pragmatism, but are there still like a good number of people or is it literally like, you know, six gray haired people only at each of these churches? Or you might not know. I'm just curious. Yeah, I I don't know because yeah. I haven't really stepped into a lot of them. Um, sure. But I would say if I had to generalize, I think, you know, they do still have places where their, their, their numbers are, are pretty solid, but I think in general, they're not as thriving mm-hmm. as churches that are, you know, really strongly Bible based. I mean, the truth is like, there is a sense in which it's really much more appealing to people to, to like, if I'm going to go to church, it's having that high standard. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, when Jesus said, take up your cross, follow me. I mean, there's a sense in which people really, that kind of in a, in a way they long for that, you know, they, mm-hmm. why would you go to church if you're just literally going to be, you know, doing the same thing everybody else does? It kind of, you know what I mean? It kind of loses yeah. purpose. No, and that's, that's <laughs> so, been my point many times. I'm generalizing, but I think that I think that's one reason churches that take a stand on things tend to do better because mm-hmm. you know, why would you go to church if if you don't have something, you know? Now again, there's the historic, you know, the Catholic Church, for example, you know, that's a that's a very uh historic church and there are people that uh you know generationally have been part of the catholic church mm-hmm. um so i'm sure that applies to to mainline denominations as well to some degree yeah yeah no that's that's an excellent point though and i hope i hope that's taken by the listener because um you know as a pastor and i know some i've got several friends who are pastors and sometimes i talk to more frequently than not and everybody who's you know faithful Christian, generally you're going to be in a church or you're maybe transitioning, but wanting to get to a church as soon as possible, um, is that we need conviction. Why would you, why really, why would you waste your time with trying to be in a place that looks just like 
you know, the share concert or the Bono thing or the, mm. the, the Britney Spears, whatever. And some Ted talk with a Bible verse, like it's just kind of like, ah. you know, and I think we'll see that more and more not to be too prophetic, but with the kind of very middle East seeker sensitive, cool, cool kid churches that, you know, the bigger you get, the, the, the bar seems to go lower and lower, not always, but most of the mm. time that seems to be the case. And eventually, the, you know, the bubble pops and then people are kind of wrecked in the middle of it. And so, yeah, that's that's a really good point. Just take a stand. And, you know, those who are not in leadership, support your pastors, your elders, your deacons. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really in New, Eng in New England. I'm largely contrasting that with with liberal churches outright, right. like where right. they they're actually not. They're not seeker sensitive because it's not like they're necessarily doing anything um, showy. You know, they're okay. actually sometimes the most traditional in terms of, the, you know, the rituals or the mm -hmm. or the, you know, the liturgy that they do. Right. But the meaning of it is often not what it was originally founded upon. And, and they mm -hmm. certainly in, in terms of their their practice like their actual carrying out of Christianity, their default is always we, we just love people. That's all God calls us to do. And right. they interpret that as, well, that means you have to just always like be super accepting, you know? And so yeah. that doesn't call people to be different in any way. It does, you know what I mean? You, you, everybody in a, at least where I live in a very unchurched or post-Christian kind of a setting it, if, if you want to have a non-traditional view of marriage or even say marriage isn't necessary, that's, that's what everybody thinks, right. uh, you know, in our culture, you know, it's, it's, if yeah. you actually believe marriage is something that's supposed to be a man and a woman for life that you stick out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, and ultimately because marriage, I believe that God has ordered so many things because he's an exacting orderly God that when you don't have that male, female, for life marriage, it, it, it eventually comes out, you know, eventually gets wrecked. Like, you know, you paint over mold, it'll eventually come out. It'll eventually show up in one way or another, paint over it again. Eventually it'll still come out. And unless you fix the problem, which is, you know, tearing out the whole drywall or whatever the case is. And so you have to go back to the original you know, go back to fresh drywall, go back to original God ordained marriage. And then you stick out, like you're saying. So, no, that's good. I've always, I've, I've, I've often pondered that myself. And I still, and maybe you have more and you can add to it if you want to. But, you know, you'll have the churches that are kind of in the middle of the road. And, you know, I'm not saying all seeker sensitive churches are bad because they're not. But, you know, they're not great in most areas either. But you have kind of the middle road. Uh, certain denominations might do one or the other. Like, you know, pulpit, no pulpit. Well, the pastor wears you know, just this, like a button down, or maybe he wears a t-shirt, maybe he wears a three-piece suit and a tie. Um, but so often it is the liberal churches, which really, even with like Jay Gresham Machen from, you know, nearly a hundred years ago, it really is another religion. They're not actually even Christian. They're, they're worshiping, you know, love. They're worshiping some sort of cosmic unitarian deity. Oh, yeah, that, sort of that can happen. Pluralistic thing. Yeah. Um, and yet those, especially the ones who are just rank, not even remotely Christian, although they kind of look like it, they have all the liturgy and, and all the stuff and all and the hymns and they sing still good songs. And, you know, not only is the guy wearing or the girl who's maybe a lesbian also wearing nice outfit, but she's also got the 
the whole garb and the black thing and the this and the collar. And it's like, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts like on why there's almost an allergy for most confessional evangelical churches to say, ah, I'm not going to dress up for church anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. We shouldn't have pews, get rid of the pulpit, just have a little table or maybe a clear or no pulpit. What what are your thoughts? I'm just, I know it's kind of off the cuff, but you have any thoughts Mm. on that? Like why the liberals who are most Mm -hmm. likely, it's not even, it's another religion really. I I agree with Machen on that, honestly. Uh, But they still pretend to be Christian. You know, I, I want to be careful because I don't know why people do what they do. And I don't, you know, it's kind of, it can be kind of like you're, you're criticizing as if, you know, you, you know better than other people, but yeah. uh, I do, I do, I do question, or or maybe I'm, I'm curious if there could be a legalistic mm. aspect to, and I'm thinking again of the liberal churches where it is about dressing up and, and, you know, we do things the right way, the way we've historically done them. And then even that whole love thing can be a legalistic thing where, see, I'm living the way Jesus told me to live, not like right. you people who don't really <laughs> live the way Jesus said to live. You're, you're hateful. Mm. And there could be that. I think I think there's a danger there, really, of, of self-righteousness. Um, and so I think kind of in reaction to that, evangelicals don't want to be legalistic mm-hmm. and... Uh, they don't want to put barriers. Uh, and, you know, there is something to be said for that. Like, I think of the many people who, where I live, it's not a high, it's not an upper class area. They don't have nice clothes a lot of times or not a lot of nice clothes. You don't want to make people feel like they have to be super dressed up to mm-hmm. be accepted and fit in at church. So I think, you know, trying to relate to people is good. But, you know, it's always a, it's always things we have to think about, like, isn't it also a good thing when we can say, "Hey, church is so special to us that we want to uh, we want to dress up and mm-hmm. and 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 look really, you know, because we this is a place that is important to us, and it and the and the worship that we have together is important, and you know, so it's not like wrong to do either, right. <laughs> you know, right. but uh, I think there's dangers in both, yeah. right? Because if you're you could be legalistic about, you know, how good you look when you go to church. And well, we sure. have, we, we have to be one of those churches that people look presentable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you could have the danger of it doesn't matter, you know, and, and almost as if God again is just so accepting that, you know, we start to think of God as he just affirms everything we do. He right. doesn't even care how we dress. And it's like, well, yeah, actually, he does care how we dress. <laughs> right. For sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's definitely there's definitely a modesty there. There's obviously, and you know, we see places of braided hair, gold jewelry, braiding right. gold within the hair and so on. But yeah. again, some of, that's, some of that is contextual and yes. cultural, but then that's sometimes right. people act like, well, because if that's the case, then I don't, it doesn't apply. Almost like, well, that's poetry, so therefore it, it doesn't apply. And it's like, I show you a picture of my wife on my phone, well, that, that that's just a picture. That means you're not married. Like, well, that's stupid. Like, so we have these things that do have, re- they have representation. And it's like, I've often pushed back and thought, okay, well, we have politicians who lie to us through their teeth and uh, big, big corporations, news media, CEOs, they all dress in suits. They dress nice. They've got the pants suit or the dress or the whatever. And yet we have Christians who are like, it doesn't matter. Jesus doesn't care. And it's like, I mean, 
We're not talking about salvation, though. We're not saying you need to wear this to be saved. We're saying why. And I would kind of turn it on its head and say, why are you not? Is it is it just a reaction? Is it? Well, I don't have to do that because I don't need to whatever. Or do you not have the clothes? That's possible. Like, again, it's not a salvation issue or even a sanctification. But the question is, if, if your CEO of your big company or the governor you know, or say the president, I mean, again, you know, Biden versus Trump versus somebody else. But if they invited you to dinner, the Oval Office or rather the White House in general, you're not going to be like, ah, that's true. I'll just just wear flip flops. That's that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to apologize because right now there's a ton of construction going on. uh, So you might be hearing uh, like last like last time we talked, you thought it was like a cat (laughs) or something purring, you know, but it's 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 my building literally shaking right now. So hopefully it'll stay standing as I'm talking to you. That's good. What it makes me think of when you talk about, uh, you know, how we dress. Uh, my son is presently, his first job ever has been working at a local supermarket. And it's a very old school establishment. It's a market basket. And they actually, uh, they're a regional chain of supermarkets, but they actually have the young men wear white shirts with a tie. Oh, when wow. they go into work, he has yeah. to wear a tie. Yeah. Uh, so, and I think it does actually help, you know, it, it puts them into a certain mentality of when I go to work, I need to take time to prepare. I can't just show up half awake. I need to actually, you know, and I want to look presentable so that when people come in, they feel comfortable. Right. So you, you do, you have to look very culturally at what you're doing, but then you also have to look at your heart. And I think that's what we have to be so careful of with all these things. You could be dressing up and have the nicest clothes and your heart could be in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. You could be dressed more casually and, and it's possible your heart is right in the right place and vice versa. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, this has been fun. Do you have anything else you want to add before we depart? No, I think this was great. I'm glad we got got a chance to chat a little bit, yeah, talk well. about a variety of things. Yeah, no, that would, that sounds good, uh, or that is good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, again, I'm thankful for taking this time and just hearing a little bit more about you. Uh, for the listener, uh, the watcher, go ahead and check out Tim's channel, A Fresh Perspective, if you have not already. He is on Instagram as well. I didn't know about that, so check that out. He's got a lot of helpful things there. Bible reviews, different uh, cultural things, of course, commentary, talking about some more pressing time that, you know, that time's now passed, talking about COVID-19 or whatever. Uh, but other things that teaching, and I think Tim really has, I've, I've watched his channel and he was actually an inspiration for me. Um, so thank you again, Tim, for, for that and helping me start my channel as well. So yeah, it's been a pleasure, that. brother. Yeah. Well, you have a good rest of your day and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you so much, Richard. God bless.